didn't get to do a lot of mic checking. There we go. Uh, I'm always playing with my switches, and I shouldn't be, right? I want to I read a passage to you from John chapter 10. Um, the, it's the Good Shepherd passage. And, you know, that last line of that song, that's why, no, no power of hell, no scheme of man shall ever pluck me from his hand. Man, I, I want to tell you this morning, if, if you've been living a life trying to hold on to God, I want to give you a little piece of advice as your pastor this morning. Quit trying so hard to hold on to God when all the time he's the one that's holding on to you. Amen. Amen. Um, it, it's such an incredible, that's why we preach here, we preach uh, eternal security of the believer because I believe that once a person truly gives their heart to Jesus Christ and is saved, then they will never, ever, ever be taken away from Jesus no matter what. You, you see, I, I'm not saying that in my own words. I'm saying that from John 10 where Jesus talks about it himself. And he says this, and this goes right along with the message. We're talking about shepherds and pastors this morning. Well, the, Jesus is the good shepherd. And he says this about his sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. Everybody say, he gives me eternal life. God's not an Indian giver. He gave it to you. Amen. If you trust him to save you, he gave you eternal life. And it says, and they, listen to this, they will never perish. Say, I will never perish. Isn't that good? I mean, that's so good to know, right? I mean, it's right here in God's Word. And it goes on to say this. And no one, this is where that line from that song comes from, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Praise the God. Amen. I sound like an Italian there. Praise the God. I've got a little bit of that in me, so it's okay. I want to talk to you this morning about the honor of the call. We're talking about, this morning we are doing something very special as a church. We're actually ordaining, recognizing as a church that Tommy Shoemaker has been called to pastor in the gospel ministry and to be our associate pastor at our church, all right? That's, that's awesome. We're also recognizing that Dennis Bubba Newburn has also been called into the gospel ministry to be our official worship pastor. So these are important things. I, so I want to talk, first of all, I want to give a definition, if I could, about the, from the word pastor. Um, this is um, just a simple definition, and it's a very biblical definition. It says to watch for enemies trying to attack the sheep. To defend the sheep from attacks, to heal the wounded and the sick sheep, to find and save the lost or trapped sheep, to love them, sharing their lives, and so earning their trust. That's what a pastor does. You know, I want to tell you something about being a pastor. You know, um, I think I've been one long enough to know. Um, several, several years now. Started way back there. And I, I've, I've learned something about ministry. It's a what I call brutal, right? It's brutal and it's beautiful. Guys, I want you to remember that, Tommy and Bubba. It's a brutal thing, but it's beautiful. You find yourself in the thick of it. You know, there's a story in the scripture about a guy who fell along the road to thieves. Jesus talks about this man. Uh, and the story is about a guy, a good Samaritan. 
and he falls, falls along the road uh, to thieves, and he's laying there, left for dead. They've taken everything he's got, and a priest walks by and goes across the road on the other side. Now, I want to ask you, was that guy a pastor, right? And then another guy walks by, a lawyer, and he does the same thing. Was he a pastor? No, he didn't care at all. But then there was this Samaritan guy that walks by, and the question is, who is my neighbor? The answer to the question. Jesus is answering the question. A pastor's good neighbor. And he walks by and it says that he finds the man and he, and, he, and he doctors his wounds. He puts him on his own donkey while he walks and he takes him to the nearest inn and he pays the innkeeper for his stay and he says that if there's anything owed, I will take care of that when I come back. And this is a ministry statement all together, but I want you, especially for a pastor, I want you to hear me. If if you're a pastor and you're walk, and you you're going to come in contact with people in need and you're going to get some blood and dirt on you right and it's going to inconvenience you there's going to be times when you're going to have to give up things of your own life to help somebody else it's not only going to inconvenience you pastors but it's going to cost you some money sometimes right Sometimes you got to reach and grab that hip pocket to help somebody. Those are just things. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm just going to stop right there and tell you that's not just for pastors. Um, <laughs> all you, all y'all sitting out there and you're like, oh, well, I'm sure glad I'm not called to be a pastor. <laughs> if you're called to be a follower of Christ, let me tell you what Jesus said. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Everybody say that. Deny myself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. So, you know, that's kind of a thing for all of us to do. But um, pastors are, man, we just got, it's just a high calling. It's a, it's, an, it's a special calling. And it's a calling that God gives us to go out and preach the gospel to the world. These are some other terms that when you're reading your Bible, you can understand there's other biblical terms for pastor. There's bishop, which is interchangeable to pastor. Elder, which is interchangeable to pastor. Shepherd or overseer. Uh, the word shepherd is simply the word pastor, just in another form. Uh, so all of these are all references to those who pastor the church. Now, I wanna, I've got to catch up to my slides here. Uh, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Uh, we studied this the other night uh, at Men of Valor, I mean, not at Men of Valor, of our, of our Bible study. Right there. And we're talking about how Christ sent the Holy Spirit. And this is so good because Jesus, I, I like saying this, Jesus went up, right? He died on the cross, was resurrected. That's what we preach. For he died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. He was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scripture. And so he went into heaven. Well, Jesus told his disciples, it's a good thing that I'm going to heaven because if I don't go into heaven, you can't have the Holy Spirit. But when I go into heaven, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. So the, Jesus took the presence of man because he was fully God and fully man and he went up to heaven, right? And he took the presence back of man back into the presence of God. But then he did something great. He sent the Holy Spirit who put the presence of God back into the heart of man right and that's what he did so we have the holy spirit so jesus went up the holy spirit came down the apostles or the disciples went out and the lost came in y'all got it 
That's what happened when the Holy Spirit did this. So he sent the Holy Spirit to us and it says, and when he did this, he gave gifts to men. And this is what he gave. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists. And let's read that one, church. And the shepherds and the teachers. Read it again. The shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ. Now, I want to give you some history behind this little couple of verses. The history is that when the Apostle Paul and all these apostles were planting the churches in Asia Minor and all those places, they were going out and they were starting churches, starting churches. Well, they had the prophets come in to teach God's Word because we didn't have the full revelation of Scripture. We didn't have Word written down for us yet. Like, we, y'all are so blessed because you have your Bibles. Did you know that? The first church didn't have a full Bible like we got. They had the Old Testament. They had to cipher through that and figure out what God was saying. That's why they had those prophets to help them. And then they had the evangelists who went out and they preached the Word to bring people into the church. But then the church would get established. And it would be settled like we are now. Praise God. Y'all feel like we're settled? Sometimes, right? The church would get established. People would come in. But then there were those who were appointed in leadership to stay there. The, the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, they went on down the road to do the new work. But there were those that stayed in the trenches in the established churches. You know who they were? That a lot of people believe that pastors and teachers is really one job. The pastors and the teachers stayed in those churches they stayed in the trenches, and they loved the people. They shepherded the people that God put together at that local church. See, that's what a pastor and a teacher does. He come, he's the one who begins, or he's the one who stays at that ministry and hangs in there tough. And I'm telling you something, boys, it ain't always easy, right? I've quit about, let me see, every Monday for the last 20 years, I've quit pastoring, but I'll start back on Tuesday, right? Just so you know, right? Uh, that's, a, that's the way it works usually, though. It's, it's hard, but we, guys, I'm going to charge you to something. You've got to stay the course. You've got to stay with it because God called you to a higher calling and a special calling, and he called you to love his people no matter what. He called you to protect them. I'll tell you one thing. There's one thing about me that you'll find out if you ever badmouth my church. I lose my... I lose my niceness, <laughs> right? You don't do that, man. I'm telling you, I just get, I lose all my religion and I'll come off on you, man. I'm telling you right now. You know what? You know why that is? Because I love my church. You don't talk about my church, right? It's, I mean, it's not my church like it belongs to me. It's my church that I belong to. It's my family, you know, and so uh, that's what we do, though. We get protective. We love our church and you're supposed to stay there. So that's, um, that's what pastors are called to do. Now, if we, if we read on, I wanna, I'll, I'll, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you fellows about. And church, y'all just going to learn right along with us here. Is first of all, you've got to be dedicated to your call. I mean, sold out. Um, this is one of the hardest things to do. Now, I'm not, I, I know that my experience as I was called into the ministry, how God moved my heart. I can't move your heart for you, and I can't tell you what God has in store for you in the future. Only God can do that. But all I can do is tell you this, that if you are sold out to your call, 
God will work in your heart for your ministry to do what he's called you to do. Um, when, I was, when I sold out to my call, when I finally did it, now I didn't want to be a preacher, guys. I'm telling you right now, I did everything else but. Wanna, I, didn't, I did not want to be a preacher. I, I talked to the Lord about it time and time again. I said, God, can I just do something else? I didn't like the term being, I didn't like nobody calling me a preacher. I was like, don't call me preacher. You know, I just like that. Um, and I, I wanted to be far away from it, and I tried to run, and the Lord just would not let it go. And uh, I quit one time. I, I quit one time. I walked out of a church uh, because I went into the church, and I was just supply preaching, and I was not prepared. I preached a horrible message. I felt horrible. And, uh, uh, and it, you know, God humbles us sometimes, especially when we think we're doing so good. So be careful. And I thought I was doing good, and I went into this church, and I preached a horrible message. Well, one of the deacons at the back, uh, when I was walking out the door, he says, Wade, that was a pretty good message. You weren't very ready for it. You weren't prepared, but it was okay. And, man, I just destroyed me, even war. And I walked out. And he was right, by the way. He was right. And I was a young man, very young man. I walked out, and I got in my pickup. And I sat, and I looked to heaven. And I says, God, I'm never going to do this again, ever. That's funny. When you tell God what you're going to do, it's always funny. Right? Right? And I tried to walk away from it, and I never could. But when I finally surrendered and said, God, I'm going to do what you've called me to do, it's amazing. I've never, I've never looked back and said, oh, I regret this, that ever doing. I've never looked back in regret. I've always thanked God for calling me into the ministry. And he's always provided. He's always taken, hadn't he, honey? Always, always taking care of us. So uh, be dedicated, sold out to your call. Let's look at this right here. This is found in the book of First Peter chapter 5, verse 14. And, and Peter is exhorting the pastors of the church, the elders. And he says, so I exhort the what? The elders. Right? Those are the pastors among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going on to be revealed, or going to be revealed. Right, here it is. Tommy and Bubba, this is for you. Ready? Here it is. Uh, Y'all are not the only ones that have to read it, but I want you to know it's for you, right? Here it is. Y'all read it with me, church. Shepherd the flock of God. Come on, there's like 175 or something. Y'all does say it loud. Shepherd the flock of God. That is among you. What? Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but what? Being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. This is one of those reward crowns that we've talked about back when we were studying Revelations. So here's the first thing it tells you pastors, our pastors to do. It's to shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, but not under compulsion. Guys, I'm not going to tell you that you're going to get up every morning and go, Woo, I'm so excited to go shepherd the flock of God. <laughs> right? Some mornings you're going to get up and you're going to have to hit your knees. And you're going to have to say, God, I need strength for the day to help me do what I'm doing. In order for you not to do it under compulsion. Not to do it out of dread, not to do it out of a, 
uh, out of a, a heart that's going, man, I just, I just don't, I just don't want to do it today. You're gonna, you know, the Bible tells us in Ephesians, uh, uh, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or can even imagine. I'm telling you guys that when you fall on your knees and you ask God to give you the power to do what you do, to give you the strength, the courage, the love in your heart, because you can't love people without Jesus first. We're going to talk about that a little later. you got to have him. So you, when you do that, when you, when you lay it down the line, God's going to give you the strength and the power to carry on uh, to, to make, it, make you able exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. God will empower you to do so. So you're going to have to be completely and totally dependent on him not to do this out of compulsion. I'm going to just talk from experience of my own. Um, there's been a time in my life as a pastor that... It seemed like every day I lived as a pastor was out of compulsion, out of, I've just got to go do it. It became a routine. It became not heartfelt. Uh, any other negative words you can throw in there, that's what it became. And it wasn't until I got my heart right with God that he turned me around. See, that's with everybody. I want to... Church, can I, can I say this to you so you'll understand? These guys are coming in and they're giving their lives to something that's pretty dang big. And you need to understand they need your encouragement. You need to love on them, provide for them, and help them in every way that you can and encourage them because it's just, I'm not here to give you a sob story. It's, it's, I love being a pastor. I love it with all my heart. I've enjoyed my entire life of being a pastor. But there are times that it's very difficult. Um, and I'm not going to go through the all ins and outs of all the reasons why, but it is. And they need you to love on them, to help them to continue to do what they do. They need that. That's why I'm having you sign those things back there because they're going to go home and they're going to hang those on the wall. And, and one of these days, when they get up in one of these mornings, you're going to get up in one of these mornings, Bubba, and it's going to be like, oh, it's hard. You're going to look up at that little plaque, and you're going to say, okay, that's why. That's why I can keep doing it. So not under compulsion. Uh, willingly, as God would have you, here it is. Ready? Not for shameful gain. Right? Um, I've never had this problem, <laughs> uh, but uh, honestly and truly, um, the reason why we do it is simply out of love for what we have, not to try to, you know, we're not physical gain. I mean, uh, it calls us to sacrifice. That's what we're doing. Here's the, here's the next one, and I like this one, but eagerly and not domineering. So I told you all that story about one time me and Kobe Joe, my little boy, he's seven. He's got his own way of thinking about things sometimes. And he, he says, Dad, I, I, like, I like that you're the pastor of our church. I said, well, I'm glad about that, son. He goes, that means you're the boss. <laughs> he says, and you get to tell everybody what to do up there. 
I said, no, sir, <laughs> that ain't the way that works. <laughs> you know, the Bible says in James to humble yourself before mighty God, and in due time he'll exalt you. Uh, not, not no one else, and no one else can do that. Um, we're not professionals. We're just men wanting to serve the Lord. You know, the Son of God, before he went to the cross, he did something for his disciples, and I think it's really a great example for what a pastor should be able to do or should think about himself, the way he should think about him. Is Jesus got his disciples in a room together, and he got a bowl of water, and he girded himself with a towel, and he knelt down in each one of his disciples, even the one that would betray him, and he took off their old nasty sandals with their old dirty feet, and God in the flesh washed the feet of his disciples. And then he looks at them and he says, the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve. Now I've given you an example that you should follow. I think that's a prime example for for a, a pastor. That we came, we're here, we're called by God not to be served, but to serve those around us. If we're professional at anything, we should be professional at washing feet. It says, but being examples to the flock, living your life, you know, the Bible says in the qualifications of an elder is to be a man above reproach. Now what that means is it, it doesn't mean that you're faultless or you never sin. I've got a question. I know that some of you have bound to done this in here. Have you ever been to one of those contests where you tried to catch a greased pig? Has anybody done that ever? No one in this church has ever done that? Jessica, you've done it? Was that easy to do? It was easy to do? Or was it hard to do? Okay, it's very hard. Okay, That was what I was looking for. I was hoping you'd say it was hard and not easy. Okay, okay. so I've never done that. I've seen it in the movies and stuff. When they grease this pig down, they turn loose, and everybody's trying to get a hold of him. They can't because he's slipping. He's slipping away, slipping away. And they keep trying to grab him. The pig squeals and slips away, slips away. And they can't. There's nothing to grab a hold to on that pig. Guys, that's what that means. Don't give them nothing to get a hold of to say, look what Tommy did, right? Look what Bubba did. That's what, when it says a pastor's to be above reproach, that means that nobody's got anything they can stick to your life and say, well, look what you're doing now. And I want to say this, and I want to say this to everybody in here, because this is what I believe as your pastor. The past is the past. Right? I've been forgiven and set free. Now, if people held me accountable for the things I did in the past before I was called to be a pastor, I would be in deep, deep trouble. But praise God, I have a Savior, right? And the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just 
to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Above reproach, be an example to your flock. Um, let's do this, church. Let's do it all together. I want us to, because this is your duty in a nutshell as a pastor. Let's read the underlined bold part. That's it. Okay, just, let's just go down through. Ready? Elders, shepherd the flock, exercise oversight. Willing as God would have you. Eagerly ex being examples to the flock. Just if you want to write that, just circle those little words in your Bible. You got it. You too, Tommy. Because those are things that, those are duties we have to exhibit or things we have to do. Uh, here's the next one. Preach and teach God's word. Uh, now there's going to be, there's two types of preaching, two different types of preaching and teaching that come from these two men. This one here, he uh, I'm going to use a big fancy word on you, exegetes, right? What that means is he brings out of the word of God the truth when he preaches, right? Bubba brings out the word of God. I love it. We got a pastor, Bubba, don't y'all? I just think it's awesome. Brings out the word of God in truth and song. He's our worship leader. Both of them have this thing that they do that God individually gifted them for. So here it is. This is what you do. No matter the method you do it, preach and teach the Word of God. Look at what the Bible says in 2 Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is the judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom, ready? Let's read it, church. Preach the Word. Be ready. In season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort. Ready? With complete patience and teaching. For the time, here it is, guys. Here it is. Listen to me. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So some things you need to remember about preaching and teaching the Word of God. I read things in this book that speak into my life that make me squirm. They make me uncomfortable. They're hard to hear. Tommy and Bubba, preach God's truth unapologetically. Do it in love, because see it right there, it says, <laughs> this is one of, the, one of the places where I have problems, with complete patience in teaching, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, like, like you know, when one of my kids come up and they, you know, they got a, uh, sore or something hurting and they come up to me I say like rub some dirt in it that's one of my terms or they'll say when I, when I do this it hurts I'll say well don't do that <laughs> right okay church this is what I'm talking about when you come up to me and you go oh I've got all these problems and I should, I'm doing this and, and, I, and, and part of it is because 
You're doing things that are causing those things to hurt. Everybody say sin hurts. Sin hurts. Do it again. Is that true? Okay, so sometimes I don't have the complete patience in teaching when it comes to that. When you know that sin hurts and you're hurting yourself with sin and you go, well, when I do this, it hurts. And I'm going to tell you, with I hope with more patience, don't do that. <laughs> right? Um, but we're supposed to do it in love. <laughs> and I do love you when I say it. I really do. <laughs> um. Preaching the word with complete, yeah, you remind me, Carolyn, you just say, Pastor Word, you're supposed to say that in love. Right. Um, but never, never, ever back away from the truth of God's word. And I will promise you, you're going to face times when that's going to be hard to do. Because it's going to be somebody you know and love very much, or respect very much, and you're going to have to challenge them with the truth of Scripture and when you do that, it's going to hurt them. The good part about that is, if you do it in love and patience, um, you can go, hey, don't shoot the messenger. Right? God said it. Um, because there are, as we go down the road, y'all know this, that people, that, well, they, they like to gather for themselves folks that will say things that make them feel better. Um, scripture, um, sometimes in the moment, makes us feel better. I mean, will not make us feel better at the time, but remember this saying, you can get bitter or you can get better, right? And you can let God's truth change your heart. Pastors preach God's truth, right? Here's the next thing. Uh, it says here, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker. Hey, let me, t let me tell you something. Uh, I kid a lot about ministry. And I tell y'all, I get up here and say things like, you know, I, 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 I give you a good 30 minutes a week. I work pretty hard. That's a little bit of a sarcasm. Guys. Pastoring ministry is work. It's work. It may be different work than you're used to. It's not the same kind of work I grew up with. It's not that sort of work, but it's work. And sometimes you'll find yourself incredibly, incredibly overwhelmed and busy. There are times, and I'm going to say this, and I want you to take this to heart, there are times when you're, then there's lulls in your ministry where it's a little quieter. Do me a favor. Take advantage of those times, all right? Don't feel guilty about it. If you've got a few days to go run off with your wife somewhere and have a great time, that's okay, and you should do that because there's going to be times when you're never home, you're always doing something, you've got something going on constantly, and you need those breaks too. It's work, guys, and God's going to have, God knows your heart. He knows what you need, and, and here's another thing. Don't create things in your calendar and in your life to just to be busy. Like, that's crazy, and I used to do that a lot. And my wife walks by one time when I'm doing my calendar on Monday morning, and she says, leave me a day in there, please. Okay? So it's important. Ministry is work, right? But um, understand that God will give you the work, right? You're working for him. Praise God. He's the greatest boss in the world, right? So do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker, 
who has no need to be ashamed. Here's the important part of going back to preach again. What that? Let's read that underlined part, church. Rightly handling the word of truth. That's what you do. That's your, uh, I always say keep the main thing the main thing. That's the main thing for a pastor. Here's it. Um, and this is something to understand. This is why you should preach unapologetically without any question, with patience and love. Let's read that, church, because this is if we read that and we believe that truth, this is what we know about our Bible. Ready? Read it. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable. Even the parts of it that hurt our hearts and go, oh, man, God wants me to change that. It's good for you. It's good for you. For teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's good. That the man of God may be complete, equipped, and equipped for every good work. Um, here's the last one. Love people like Jesus. That is so very important for you, to love people like Jesus. Look at what the scripture says in 1 John 4, 7 through 11. It says, Beloved, Hey, you know, church, this is really good for all of us, right? This is a truth that we can just take in and, and, and trust God's word and its truth. It says, let's read that. Let us love one another, for love is from God. I, I want to tell you this. You know, the, oh, the Bible says the greatest of these is love, right? I, I think this is really what, well, because of Jesus and what he did for us and his love on the cross, the love he has for us, the love that's in our church, that really what is what makes a church a church. Like it's what makes us who we are. Well, I want to tell you something. Um, as the pastor goes, so goes the church. It's just the way it works. Uh, when God puts pastors in leadership, their leadership and what they do has everything to do with the health and the function of the church itself. Our love for people, to love them like Jesus loved them, is the most important thing that we do outside of preaching. I believe that with all my heart. The way you love people is so important. Think about it. What does the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's, um, I mean, it, while we were still sinners, God demonstrates his own love toward us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, man... It's hard for a pastor to stand up here and preach to a congregation and tell them how much that God loves them if he doesn't love them. Love is so important. It says, whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because, what does that say? God is love. And this is the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might through him uh, might live through him ready and this is love not that we have loved God 
but that he loved us. What's that telling us? That God loved us first. That, that he gives us the love we have. And it says, uh, ready? Let's, uh, oh, I like this. And he loved us and he sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. The substitutionary sacrifice for us is what that means. Let's read the last line. Beloved, if God so loved us, here it is, golly. Hey, hey, let's let this one sink in. Just take a minute. Let these words penetrate your heart as you read them. Beloved, ready? If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Man, I'm telling you, that's good stuff, y'all. Man, the Word of God is good, isn't it? Um, it's so good. Um, 1 John 4.19 says this, We love because He first loved us. What I'm telling you is, you know, when I was talking about getting on your knees and falling, getting on your face before God and saying, Lord, help me in my ministry today. Help me to do what you called me to do. This is the one thing you fall back on. That, you know, God has placed his love inside of you so that you can love other people. The moment you start to try to do that outside of, uh, outside of God in your own power, you will fail. God, we love because he first loved us. Here's another one. How about this? There's no fear in love. You know, sometimes when we come together as a church, we think about, you know, I don't know, as a pastor, I come up, you know, and, and I tell people, I still get butterflies when I preach, like it never goes away. But that's not, that's more of a nervous stomach that's not fear. Fear is something totally altogether different. You can serve the Lord unapologetically without fear if you're loving people the way Christ called you to love them. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Christ has perfected us in love through salvation. And um, I like this one. And this is my last sermon. I mean, my last sermon. My last verse of the day for you guys. Above all. Everybody say above all. Love, loving one another earnestly. Keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sin. Amen. One of the greatest pieces of advice that I ever received was from a pastor mentor that I had. I've mentioned him before. I'll talk, you'll hear me mention him till the, days, till the day that they laid me in the ground. His name was W.L. Walker. He loved me in spite of me, and he taught me a lot. But the greatest thing he ever taught me when I, when, when I was being, uh, when I was called into the ministry and they were getting ready to ordain me, he said these words, Wade, and I can hear his voice now, love people. He said, you're going to make a lot of mistakes as a pastor. You're going to do a lot of things wrong as a pastor. 
But if you will love people, they'll overlook it. If you'll just love people, it covers a multitude of sin. Just love them. Love them like Jesus. And it's amazing what God will do through your ministry. Love people. Love God. Love people. Um, now, I'd like, if I could, um, if I'm going to ask y'all to do something special for me. If Bubba and Carolyn would come here and stand in the front right here, and Tommy and Stephanie, if y'all would come right here and stand up here. <clears throat> Um, you okay? Uh, we have these uh, certificates of ordination I'd like to give them before I pray over them. And uh, this one's for Bubba. I'll give him his first since it's on top. You okay with that, Tom? Yeah. Yeah. He's shorter than you. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's just got one eye. He's shorter and he's got one eye. We need him. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Says, um, yeah, loving people, loving people. <laughs> we the undersigned upon the recommendation of the pastor who had full and sufficient opportunity for judging and examining the God-given gifts of Christian experience and the calling to the ministry and the view of the Bible doctrine, hereby certify that Dennis, I want to put bubble on there, but I didn't, Dennis Newburn was solemnly set apart and ordained to work, to the work of the gospel ministry. Chisholm Trail Church, River Vista, Texas. <clears throat> we, we, the undersigned upon the recommendation of the pastor, who had full and sufficient opportunity for judging and examining the God-given gifts of Christian experience and call to the ministry and the view of the Bible doctrine, hereby certify that Tommy Shoemaker was solemnly set apart and ordained to the work of the gospel ministry. <clears throat> also, um, I got them a little gift uh, just to help them in their ministry, these are two books that I've uh, that I've used, and they're personally special to me. Not these particular ones, but this is the same book, and uh, I use them in my studies sometimes. And I wanted y'all to have them. So, uh, Tommy, I just I have you an Unger's Bible Dictionary there, and also Bubba the Holman Illustrated Bible Dictionary. That's got pictures. Amen. <laughs> so so does that one. So does that one. Anyway. Um, Church, I want to ask you to do something really quickly. You know, we're going to dismiss. Do y'all have a last song? Or Okay, you do. Okay. So um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to pray over them. If y'all just come together right here, and if anyone wants to come up here as your church and, and, and just lay hands on them while I pray, I would li I'd like to invite y'all to do that. Anybody who wants to come. We'll give them time to get here. This is what family's all about. right? And then y'all can go sit down and... And uh, we, will, we will sing, Lord Jesus, I want to give you praise and glory for Tommy and Bubba and your call into their lives. I pray you'd bless them and bless their ministry uh, as they pastor and help me with this church to reach the lost, 
to, to shepherd those that are here and, Lord, to love people like Jesus. I pray that you would bless them, to bless their families, be with their wives and their kids, and, Lord, everybody that uh, they're walking right into this ministry with them, whether they know it or not, and I just pray that you would bless them and encourage them as well. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us and thank you for calling these men to, to do your work. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hey, um, while, they're, while they're getting, the band's getting set up and ready, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, invite some of you this morning to do something for me. You good? I'm good. Okay. I think Bubba's excited. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we never close a service here without inviting someone to come to know Jesus. This morning, you heard a simple gospel message that Jesus is your Savior. And today, if you need to give your heart to him, I'd like to give you that opportunity. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus died for your sins in accordance with the scripture. He was buried and raised again on the third day in accordance with the scripture. And, and that's the gospel. And you can right now trade your sin for Christ. The Bible says he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we could become the righteousness of God. So it's simply by putting your faith and trust in a Savior who died on a cross for you and died for your sin that you could give him all of that, ask his forgiveness, and him in turn, because he rose from the dead, give you eternal life. So this morning, I want to ask everybody in here to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you'd like to pray and receive Christ as your Savior today before we leave this place, I want to invite you to pray with me. I'll just lead you in this prayer, and you can give him your heart right now, right where you sit. Just simply pray with me. Pray after me. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sin. I believe you rose again on the third day. And you can give me eternal life. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and save my soul. And it's in your mighty name. In the name of Jesus, I proclaim I am saved. Lord God, I want to thank you for those that prayed for the very first time to trust you as their Savior. And I ask God that you would be with them and help us, Lord, as a church to reach out to them as they've given their heart to you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you prayed that prayer, Shane's holding up a little card right there in the back. Y'all can turn and look at it if you want. If you'll put your name and your phone number on that card and leave it in the offering box before you leave today, that'll be given to me, and I will call you and talk to you about your decision that you just made for Jesus. So please do not, if you prayed with me and you trusted Christ for the first time, do not leave this place without filling out one of those cards and letting me contact you. Okay, that's all I'm asking. I just want to call you. I just want to contact you. Okay, we'll talk. All right, uh, let's stand up and praise the Lord.